All right, so you weren't paying attention and there were caution cones all over the parking lot. Well, you just rolled your car through wet concrete and now there's a very angry construction worker pointing a finger and has a hammer in his other hand. If he decides to swing that hammer at you, what do you do? Jada, we're talking about stick defense today. Brian, that is stick defense. That's right, I teach that at every seminar, Donna. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. So, yes, stick defense. I had a guy, a good friend of mine, martial artist, good practical martial artist. One time he looked at me and he says, who the heck carries around sticks? I was like, okay, well, there are people that do, but let's let's think about the fact that stick defense really is representative of every blunt force type of object out there. So, yes, there are sticks and batons and stuff like that that people do carry for self-defense weapons, but um, usually, if it works for a stick, it'll work for a hammer, it'll work for a big wrench, baseball it, bat. a baseball bat, a lead pipe, a stick that you pick up off the ground whatever you know if you can if you work it with that stick then pretty much any blunt force object turns into a stick when it comes to defense we're not saying that each of these things is not different it is but the basic mechanics of how to defend against each one is the same and um, usually we talked about my opinion and yes it's my opinion i think it's fact but it's still my opinion, and that is that the best base for any type of knife defense, stick defense, and even a lot of times gun defense is going to be that Greco-Roman wrestling because it's a lot of upper body grappling, limb control, that type of stuff. It works really, really well, and that's the kind of that's why that's really some of the first stuff that we do when we're working into this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just does such a great job of teaching how to use your body to control the other person. So it provides a really great base for all of that just because you get such a good understanding of how you get the most control of what you want control of. Yep, overhooks, underhooks, um, just all of that, duck-unders, everything. We use these things constantly when we're talking about uh, defense against weapons. Um, So again... And I hate just constantly rehash what we've talked about the last two, but our first level is that awareness. Making sure that if you see somebody, you see that angry construction worker holding a hammer, I'm going to avoid him at all costs. Don't escalate the situation with the angry construction worker with a hammer. He's been working in the heat all day, probably didn't get the greatest lunch break. He's just having a rough day, and then he drove through his concrete. Yeah, so (laughs) de-escalation. De-escalation, if you can't run, if you can't avoid and you can't run, de-escalate. Okay, the same rules work across everything. And that means weapons, empty hands, anything. Our goals are going to be the same. Avoidance, you know, escape, or de-escalation. All of that comes before fighting. So once we get into fighting, though, This is probably not going to be a tremendously long podcast because it's a lot of rehashing. We are looking at some of the best ways to do it. If you can't run, you have to close the distance. Okay, it's the same thing as the knife. It's the same thing as the gun. You can't run, you have to close the distance. Now, the techniques might be slightly different. 
when doing so. If they have a blunt force weapon in their hand, usually the way I tell everybody, I'm not really a hugger, okay? But you're going to go in and give the person a hug. And basically what's going to happen is they're having the stick there and they are rearing back to swing or whatever. And you move in very quickly. You're going to have one hand on one side of the head, one hand on the other side of the head, but the hand that's on the side with the stick is going to be out further. And you're going to clamp down on their arm next to your body. Obviously, this is this kind of sounds similar to some of the other things we've so done. So, zombie from monster movie clamps down on an arm. Yes. The other arm clamps down on the back of their neck. So, now I have head and arm control. Whew, man, this is difficult, right? <laughs> Now, there are definitely the bullcrap techniques out there for these two. Like, oh, well, they're just swinging it at you, so just grab it. Or block it with your forearm. Ooh, that's and a great way to break your forearm. Exactly. Like, if you have to have a sacrificial hand, okay. You have to, but only if but you have to. if you don't have to, don't. With a knife, it's one of those things where you kind of need to designate a sacrificial hand. Blood force. Not really. You, there are ways to not. I'd rather not sacrifice any limbs or appendages yeah. at any point. Yeah. You know, if I can do it, it doesn't matter what the uh, weapon is. Uh, it would be my goal not to have uh, anything sacrificed. But, you know, we have to... Don't just kill over and die if you do get hit. Yeah. Um, again, we don't practice to die. We practice to fight. Uh, so anyway, your goal will get inside control. Control and then strike. Now, you can't let go when you're striking. You're going to hold on with all of your might to that head and that arm. And then if I've got both arms tied up, what do I use to strike with then? If it is one of your limbs or your head, you can hit with it. Yeah. So, you know, knees, uh, foot. So you can knee them to the thigh. You can knee to the groin. I do not, in this circumstance, or any circumstance, really recommend kneeing to the face. We don't recommend kneeing to the face because it brings their upper body closer to your arm and they can grab your leg and you end up on the ground. But you Long know, story short, don't do it. Yeah. So stomp the foot, knee to the thigh, knee to the groin, uh, maybe knee to the stomach. That's just getting up there closer and closer. And then headbutts. The skull is tremendously harder from the eye line and up. Okay, it is softer from the eye line and down. Okay, I heard one guy say that uh, you want to make sure you headbutt them in the face and don't facebutt them in the head. I know, I enjoyed that too. So that make sure. <laughs> I know. Well, I usually tell everybody the best spot on the skull to headbutt with would be the hairline or where it should mm -hmm. be. So if you got, if you're, if you're a man that's balding, where um, he used to have hair, where, where you, that that line that you used, the hair used to grow on, that's where you're going to headbutt with. Um, right about top wrinkle category, <laughs> right above the top wrinkle. And then I want to make sure that I, that I headbutt them from the eyes down. So the cheekbones, the nose, the jaw, anywhere in that range. Um, obviously if they give you a handle, if they happen to have a, um, a ponytail or a man bun or anything along those lines, grab it and pull down. So you pull the face up and then, you know, slam your head into their face. All while still holding on to the arm yes. that has the stick. Yes. 
So. Or the hammer, or the tire iron, or the crowbar. That's just your basic tactics there. It's just close the distance, hold on for dear life, strike them as much as possible, and try to trip them. I mean, we can go into all kinds of crazy stuff, but you know, this is a podcast. We're sitting down talking to each other, not standing up showing it. We have a video on this. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Really simple. Uh, but essentially, you're going to do some type of trip after that. So you want to trip that leg, rip the leg out from under them, whatever. So just think about the same things as the other. Gross motor movements. Fairly simple movements. Control, trap, strike, trip. There's nothing there that I said that you pretty much can't teach almost anybody to do. Um, I think self-defense needs to be simple in that respect because we don't need to have overly complicated stuff. It, it's, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Avoid, you know, escape, de-escalate. If none of those things work, fight back, close the distance, and everything that I've already said. Now, the fun part of about these have been, what kind of bullcrap out there is there about these? <laughs> um, I think it's more of the thought that you can grab something midair and rip it out of someone's hand. Yeah. Or that you should... So, the bullcrap to this one is a lot... Maybe I think it's sometimes more camouflaged, mm. even than some of the stuff with the knives or the guns. Just because the stick is not as threatening of a thing. So the bullcrap is a little bit more camouflaged. You know, you get some people that just sit there and back up and dodge the whole time. Yeah. And if you can dodge the whole time until you can escape, awesome. Do it. Mm -hmm. Go for it. If you don't have a very but clear if you're path. Going, but if you're going for the stick, if you're going for trying to get control, dodging... It's not going to help because then they know you're going to fight back and they're going to be a whole lot more determined to hit you. And they're going to start swinging a lot faster and a lot harder and they're going to start trying a whole lot of different things. The one thing I will say about that is this. There, if you're fighting emotional, you're, you're not doing a very good job. We've talked about this. When fighting, it's always, it was always my favorite thing to make people fight emotional. <laughs> I was always pretty decent with head movement. So as I'm moving and making it harder and harder for them to hit me, they're getting more and more frustrated. So you might could play that game a little bit to but get them frustrated enough until you can get in. But still, at some point in time... It is very you, different in self-defense because it can no, escalate and worse. You don't know I if know. they're using the stick and then they have something else on them that they were I'm trying to I'm not saying avoid. it's legitimate. Yes. I'm saying I'm trying to be... You're doing as, what I did earlier yeah, in a different podcast. Yeah, playing devil's advocate here. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm saying, is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? Not as much. You know, we have a more straightforward approach to these things that help you in most cases. And, you know, but, you know, does this mean that only what we teach can work for you? No, I wouldn't dare say that. And another thing is the longer the weapon, so the longer the stick the less likely you are to be able to dodge the whole time if you're trying to keep a distance. The longer the weapon, the closer you want to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's say something like this. Okay, let's go back to that for a minute. Where I was trying to give some credence to the idea of just dodging and making the person mad enough to make them make a mistake. 
if it's something like the construction worker or whatever with the hammer in the hand, I think that's what you said earlier, mm -hmm. um, he might just get mad and just like throw it at you. Now, there's a lot of times where I'm like, we're talking about knives and stuff like that. When people say, "Why somebody throws a knife at you?" That was just a quick off the head you? example. Yeah, I know. Uh, but there's like, you know, what if somebody, you know, throws the knife, if you take him down, you don't take the knife away from him, you run, and they throw the knife at you. It's like, what, what, are you, is this a circus freak that we're talking about, you know? Because, do you know how hard it is to actually throw a knife? Has anyone ever tried to throw a knife? Oh, I've been trying for years. <laughs> it's hard to consistently hit with a knife. It, it is. is much you know, harder I've to hit a moving I've tried for years, and it's still hard to just... Get it completely right on a straightforward target. Yep. And the moment you change to a different knife, it changes everything. Oh, yeah. You have to be so crazily trained to do that and to do it, you know, confidently and to do it well. Um, so I'm not really worried about somebody and throwing a knife. And a lot of natural at me. talent too. Yeah, if you can throw a knife that good, you're probably making a career out of throwing a knife, and you're probably mm -hmm. not actually robbing people in parking lots. Um, so, but now that somebody throwing a hammer at you is a different thing. Mm -hmm. Because not only like one part of it is dangerous, it's just a heavy object being thrown at you. So, you know, uh, that would be something that would not be the best idea uh, or just another possible risk. And it goes back to why we have a very straightforward and fairly simple approach to most weapon defenses. It's going to be close the distance, control, strike, trip, um, you know, control as much as you need to control depending on the weapon. Now, once you've already taken someone down, if you don't worry about the weapon and you turn around and run, what are the chances of them being able to throw and hit you with that hammer? Not as good because they're laying on the ground. Uh, so I'm not so worried about ripping the weapon out of their hand necessarily once I've thrown them to the floor. Mm -hmm. Because even if they're holding a quote-unquote weapon, you know, it's, it's a blunt force weapon your your hands are also a blunt force weapon. So it's blunt force against blunt force. You can make do with fighting against a stick with just your hands, whereas in a situation with a knife, there's a clear advantage to the one wielding the knife. Yeah. So taking the blunt force weapon away from them when you've already when they're already kinda to a point where they're just done. Um, you know, most of the time I'm saying exit the situation as fast as possible. You, we'd ever fight to win, uh, you're fighting to escape. And fighting and escaping is winning. So, and if that happens before the fight ever takes place, you won very quickly and easily. Yeah, this isn't going to be one of those movie moments. You see that? I could have killed you, but I chose not to. <laughs> you should take this moment and reevaluate your life. It's no. Bang! Run away! No! It's like, oh, he's on the ground now. Run! It's it's more of that and less of, yeah. you know, life-altering moment. Yeah, you can tell those people get on my nerves. Ones that are like, I held oh, really? a man's life in my hand and I could have ended it. But are you are you talking about maybe possible commenters that we've had on some of our posts? Yes. Okay. So if you're going to comment on one of our posts, please make sure that it's not something that we would see in a '70s action movie it can happen in any action movie why, why are you saying 70s true. all right so we want to make sure that whatever you're doing is not overly complicated this is another theme another overly we, we, complicated thing we have so yes. many little themes that run throughout most of these podcasts don't do anything that's overly complicated and elaborate and uh, if it's a quick fix it's probably not going to help you either 
Wait, he rears back, and I throat punch him one time, and it's all over. He falls it's over dead. <gasps> or, yeah. If it's entirely too simple, it is probably not going to work. For those of you listening to the podcast, Jada is dramatically falling out of her chair. I was throat punched. No, I'm just kidding. If it is entirely too complicated or entirely too simple, then it probably will not work in reality. Hmm. Some things I've seen of people with stick defense or blunt force type stuff or knives, this works a lot with knives as well, is they will teach to trap or grab, not trap. Um, I can I can get behind trapping a little bit, but grabbing, making the miss and grabbing the wrist of the hand that is holding the weapon out of midair. Yes, sometimes then grabbing the weapon and twisting it out of the hand. Sometimes, and even better, is when they take the elbow and go against the back of that person's hand and the person dramatically goes, ah, let's go with their hand and the weapon falls to the ground. Okay. Um, do you understand what it takes to grab somebody's hand in midair while it's moving? Uh, I don't think people really kind of think that through a lot of times. You know, that's just me being judgmental and sarcastic. So, uh, not overly complicated, not overly simple. Uh, make sure that whatever. I know we sound like one of those people. It's like, you don't want this, but you don't want this either. And, you know, this is a little bit. I know. But we really are lukewarm is in self-defense. Lukewarm is the only time. This is the only time lukewarm is okay. You know, no one likes lukewarm anything. But in self-defense, you have to find the lukewarm techniques. Not overly complicated. Not overly simple. Somewhere in the middle where it takes some application, but and some practice because you can't just. Yes. Unfortunately, I would love to say that we could just like pass this along through your ears, through this podcast, and you go, it's like the Matrix where you wake up and go, I know Kung Fu, if you haven't seen the Matrix. I've seen the Matrix. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I would love for this this podcast to be that way. My gosh, I would love for this podcast to be this way. Uh, but it doesn't really work that way. You actually have to get up and physically do things. Uh, so we're just trying to help guide you on the road on that one. Just, you know, to physically get out there and try it because you got to actually train it and do it and build a um, build some muscle memory to it. So find your lukewarm techniques that actually work and, you know, get... They make tons of padded sticks and if you don't want to buy a padded stick, they make pool noodles for like a okay. dollar and you can cut them. They're not the greatest thing to practice with, yeah, but, no they will, tool, but they will work. Holy crap, it works. We have we have families that we have inspired to go to dollar store, buy pool noodles, and then beat each other with them because it is stress relieving and it's really good in teaching you how to avoid a weapons defense without getting hurt. We avoid a weapon. You just said that we taught a family to go and whack each other with things. It's pool pool noodles. <laughs> Come on, listen. No, it's a great family. They love each other very much. Yeah. We love that family. It's a fun pastime. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think it says a lot about a family when they're able to just sit there and beat the ever-living daylights out of each other with pool noodles and still like each other at the end. Or like each other more at the end because of Yeah. I yeah. I know. So. Hey, I mean, you know. Shout out to you. You know who you are. My brother and I, 
I mean, one of our favorite pastimes. We are grown men with families at this point in time. And still one of our favorite pastimes is just punching and kicking each other. Some people just never grow out of that. Okay, guys, so this is going to wrap up our little series on weapons defenses. We were started out was just going to do one and then this turned into three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, though. Um, just remember, in, no matter what you're doing when it comes to weapons defense, okay, if it's like overly simple, you know, oh, he pulls the gun out, so I throat punched him. He pulls the stick out, so I throat punched him. You know, throat punch or kick him in the groin does not fe- uh, defeat everything. Uh, remember that. If it's overly complicated with all of these very complicated and elaborate moves, and, you know, or if, uh, sorry, if pressure points are involved, which we really never discussed, uh, chances are it also will not work in a real situation. Now, everyone will go to bat and try to defend pressure points, but the reality is... They don't work on everybody. They're hard to find in an actual situation. Even if you've trained for years, Brian went to a seminar with a guy teaching pressure points, and even though he had done it for... Over 40 years. Over 40 years, it took him three or four tries to find the pressure point he was trying to demonstrate on Brian that was supposed to be easy to find. So, it just is not completely reliable. And I was even talking to someone in the military who said that they use some pressure points in their training. He was saying that there is one guy in his group that just they don't work on. So you never know if they're actually going to work and they're too hard to find in a real situation. Don't rely on them. Find something else. Yeah, they're really small. So even if they did work on everybody and everybody was really hypersensitive to them, there are three different levels. People who don't do not feel them at all people who feel them like the average person, and then people who are hypersensitive to them. And I fall into that uh, middle category, lower middle. I can feel them, but it's like, it's not, you know, eh, not that big of a deal. It hurts, it's uncomfortable, but, you know, it's not, definitely not fight ending. Um, but even I'm in, in that, between that and not feeling them. Yeah. Because I'm just, there are some that I just don't feel at all. There are some that's more like, eh. And I haven't really found one yet that it's just excruciating. But even the people that I know that are hypersensitive to them, it's like if you are fighting and you try to find that in the middle of a fight that is so hard to pull off. You know, it's hard to find them when the other person is physically fighting you back at the same time. Um, so anyway, uh, sidetracked yet again. But anyway... If we are reliant on pressure points, if we're reliant on overly simple, comp- or overly simple uh, techniques or overly complicated techniques, it's probably not going to really work in a real situation most of the time. What you need to find is something that's rather straightforward. It takes some skill to actually pull off because, unfortunately, every self-defense thing, if there's actually something that's going to happen, it's going to take some skill when you are going up against another person. Um, so make sure that, you know, it doesn't have any glaring holes in it. Um, again, and I'm not, we don't really plug a lot of the things that we do often on these things. Um, but probably one of the best things that we do, we have a, a workshop that we do and that we travel around and do a weapon survival workshop. That's a four hour workshop only focusing on the things that we've talked about the last three podcasts. But then also we have our 20 hour uh, integrated combatives course. And that one, we cover a lot of that weapon stuff in there. And we do 
in that one we actually do fighting with the weapons not just against them and we do empty hand stuff and everything so either one of those if you're looking for a good solid weapons defense um, and you are close enough to us to travel to come to one of our events then we do or to host one of our events or host yes if you are you know within you know moderately decent space depending on um, if you have enough people we will we, we travel and, and, you know, train, um, and we're ha very happy to do so. Uh, so if you've got enough people interested in it, you have a group of school uh, that want to host something like this, we will be glad to come out and do a seminar on the weapon survival or do the integrated combatives. Um, so, yeah, just we don't plug a whole lot of our, too many of our, like, seminars and, and courses too much, but that is something that is definitely worth the time and your investment. If we didn't believe in this stuff, we wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't be doing it. I, <laughs> I, I, I did not get into what I am doing in my life for the money. There is not a tremendous amount of money in, in teaching, um, you know, self-defense. I'm doing this because I love people and I not want to see people be, <laughs> and be safe. Some people make really good money and some people make really good money and as, as an honest businessman, but you know, business, uh, business person, I don't know, business person, but, um, you know, some people do a great job at it. I've never been that person as far as that goes. I'm just here to teach really good quality stuff to people, um, and help keep people be safer in their life. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you will take the opportunity to find some good course material on how to defend yourself against a weapon because it is a prominent issue. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys stay safe, stay alert, and we will see you in the next podcast. We'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp. Stay focused and train hard.